Happy Friday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. All right. A big question that a lot of people have had has surrounded the, well, let's just say the poorest defense of the University of Arizona. Now, let's get started and let's talk about where are some ways to correct it and how much of that could improvement could be internal. Let's get started here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, uh, obviously, and the show today is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog, need to get on there right now. Check it out. Best place to do all of your fantasy football stuff college fan of uh, fantasy football stuff. All right. Now, Arizona's defense has been, well, let's be honest here, one of the worst defenses in the country this year. And if anything, it appears to be getting worse. Um, now, uh, people say, well, what exactly can you do? Now, you're going to be losing some players this offseason. You're going to be losing Hunter Eccles. You're going to be losing Jalen Harris. You're going to be losing guys like that. Um, but – you could also maybe make the case, too, that that'll open up the page for, excuse me, some younger guys to start getting some time. And it's easy to forget that uh, some of these talented younger guys are pretty talented. And let's just start with a couple. We're going to start, first of all, with Jacob Manu. Jacob Manu, I think a lot of people viewed as being kind of a throw-in for last year's uh, recruit or last year's recruiting class. Well, come to find out that Jacob Manu is actually really, really good. And not only is he really good, he has been an impressive player for the Wildcats this year. And I don't know that he's ever going to come out of the starting lineup. Could be totally wrong on that, but I don't see him coming out in the starting lineup. I think that he's going to be in there because when you watch players like him, some guys are just tackling machines. Some guys are just able to make plays that other guys can't and just be able to be in situations where other guys can't. Right now, this is a guy, this is a player who um, is instinctive, can get after the ball, and I think just as importantly, possibly even more, is that he's going to get bigger. The one thing you notice about Jacob Manu is that he is a smaller dude out there. He is a, uh, he's not a big guy by any means, but you know what, as we've seen at the university of Arizona, sometimes if you're instinctive, it just kind of makes up for a multitude of uh, errors, a multitude of sins right there, for lack of a better term, he's going to be a frontline player for this team. And I think by next year, he's probably going to be a lock to be leading the team in tackles for the next couple of years. Then after that, you got a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily the most, uh, you know, who are very young, obviously, but they're also guys that I think can make a real impact. The first one is uh, Deuce Davis. Big fans of big fan of Deuce Davis on this show. Uh, again, Russell, uh, excuse me, Russell Davis now you remember, comes out of, comes out of Chandler. The one thing about Russell Davis is that he's not a big dude by any means, but he is incredibly explosive, and he's shown off how explosive he can be in the past. I mean, heck, he has shown off already that 
um, especially in the spring game, that he might have a get up off the edge that nobody else really has. And keep in mind, this is also a player who led the uh, who led the state in sacks last year at 17 and a half. Um, he's just got to get bigger. That's the one thing with him. He's about six four, you know, six three, probably about two hundred and twenty pounds. He's got to be able to get up more in that, you know, obviously that two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pound range. But when you've got guys like Tyler Owens that are running the uh, strength and conditioning program, you got to feel pretty comfortable that that's going to be able to uh, that that's going to be able to occur now. I think, uh, but what, he's really a player. You know, Jacob Manu is going to obviously play, but the one guy you really need, Deuce Davis, to emerge as that guy, as that pass rusher off the edge, because it's harder to find pass rushers than it is for linebackers. And again, when you look at Davis's background, when you look at it, that his father played in the NFL for a long time, when you look and see that his, uh, um, that, you know, again, he was a late bloomer, this is a kid that's going to have the real potential to, I think, be a star at some point. It's just going to be about putting weight on for him. If he can put on weight, if he can put on weight, then you're looking at an instant impact guy. So again, Jacob Manu, Russell Davis, two guys to certainly keep an eye on right there. Now, some other players that, uh, um, some other guys that are. Um, I think uh, intriguing for next year. And let's keep right there at the linebacker spot. You've got uh, Sterling Lane. Now, it's easy to forget, but Sterling Lane was a four-star kid who had a lot of offers from a lot of different players, uh, a lot of different people. He is big and again, but he also, in this new age of college football, it, he was also a little bit behind the, uh, the, behind the curve and it feels really weird to say this, obviously, but he showed up on time, whereas most of these kids are showing up early uh, and by getting a full semester, you know, a full semester ahead of pretty much everybody else by enrolling early. He wasn't able to do that. He showed up on time. And again, there is nothing wrong with showing up on time. Absolutely nothing wrong. But, you know, it does kind of put you. It does kind of put you behind the ball a little bit right there. And especially when you're at a linebacker spot, you know, that's that's not the easiest thing to overcome. But uh, he'll have had a full year in the system. It'll be fun to see what he can do. I think there's going to be some players. I think there's going to be some real potential for him right there. Now, looking at some of these other guys, you look at the defensive backfield and you've got you've got a multitude of guys who are pretty talented players and we could start off with Ephesians Prysock. Um, you look at Ephesians Prysock and he is about six, three or six, two, 200 pounds. Again, a very highly rated kid coming out of uh, a very highly rated kid coming out of California. He is, um, he just looks different. He's kind of in that new mold of defensive backs that just look that just look talented out there that look like they've got, uh, you know, kind of that next level Richard Sherman type build again, not saying that he's Richard Sherman, please. So don't take it that I'm saying that he's Richard Sherman, but he's got a little bit of that next, that Richard Sherman type build. And then you might say, well, um, what about the other spot? Well, as long as Christian Roland Wallace is at the U of A, he's going to be starting. 
Um, he has been one of the best deep or best cornerbacks in recent memory at the U of A. Not sure that he's an NFL player, but also I'm not sure that he's not an NFL player. He's a talented dude. He's a good guy. And um, he, uh, again, he, um, if he's back next year, that's obviously going to be a strength for the U of A. Now, the other player right there is that uh, another guy is Takario Davis. Now, I always thought that Takario Davis was a little bit underrated, to be honest with you. I thought that Davis was a player who, you know, at about, uh, you know, it, it, when you're in Long Beach and you don't go to Pauly and you go to Milliken or you go to Jordan, sometimes it's easy to kind of fall through the cracks a little bit. And I kind of wonder if that's a little bit of what happened with Takario Davis or because he's another player. When you watch him out there, he's very tall, but there's a lot to work with there. He can move pretty well. He can ships as well. He's a guy that um, he's a guy that I think is going to be able to get uh, – um, a year and basically a year with the coaching staff, a year of training. And I think he's going to be some problems for some people right there because he's got great physical ability already. It's just about being able to hone that physical ability. And if you can hone that physical ability, then you can pretty much get yourself set up where, uh, you know, you're in line to possibly be a starter. Now, the next guy to obviously keep an eye on right here is DJ Warnell. I kind of have a feeling that DJ Warnell was a little bit of a missy Val by the U of A coaching staff and that I'm guessing that he was better, that he's better than Gunnar Maldonado. And that's no, you know, that's no diss towards Gunnar Maldonado. It's just kind of the way it is. I think that with, uh, with Warnell though, you watch him in the game against Washington. And again, I get that it's a small sample size, but he was playing with a physicality. He was playing with an instinctive nature that other players on the team just haven't really shown so far this season. I would love to see him in there the rest of the way, because if he's in there the rest of the way, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to make some real plays for the University of Arizona. Um, I don't know exactly what his talent level is, but – I also know that, and again, this is no slight to Gunnar Maldonado at all, but he's also better than Gunnar Maldonado because Gunnar Maldonado was, I never really viewed as a power five type player. I get why you take him, but when you watch him out there, he doesn't really excel at coverage and he's not really good in the box either. So that's generally, it's generally a recipe for disaster. So that's kind of where you're at too with everything that's with, some of these young players right there. And then you got a Jacob Kangaika on the defensive line who this coaching staff absolutely adores. Now it might take him a little bit of time to be able to get to that point, but Kangaika is a guy that I know for a fact that a Juve coaching staff is happy they got. Now let's talk about some of these uh, other players, but first need to tell you about underdog. All right, here's the deal. This episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy. And let me time code that. Here, all right, so here's the deal. Um, this is the easiest way to spice up college, your college football season. Now, here's all you have to do. Um, uh, if you think, like, for example, I think Jaden Delora, every single game is going to throw over 250 yards. If you think that Jaden Delora is going to throw over 250 yards, then I think that uh, you should look at it and you should be like, okay, well, um, yeah, he's going to be that guy. I, but Or you could say, you know what, Mike, you don't know anything you're talking about. Jane Delora is not going to throw for over 250 yards. doesn't really matter 
But the point is you want to get on the underdog fan. You want to get on to underdog fantasy. It's the easiest way again. And here's all you got to do um, in go to underdog and make your plays just like I did. It's really, really easy. Again, the underdog underdog fantasy app, check it out because you know, a lot of people think of uh, NFL or, and they think of fantasy entering the college world with that is also a really, is a lot of fun. So again, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now let's talk about what else Jed Fish can do. Jed Fish last year did a great job of overhauling the offense through the transfer portal. Um, you look at it and he was able to bring in one of the better, better quarterbacks in the conference in Jaden Delora. He was able to bring in one of the better, uh, maybe the best wide receiver in the conference in Jacob Cowan. He was able to make a lot of, you know, really good moves right there. Now, and then you also look at it. He was also able to bring in Hunter Eccles. Hunter Eccles was another really good move right there because, again, as we've seen, he, uh, again, he's not a next-level player, but he's also a guy that's able to get after the passer, and he's certainly been Arizona's best lineman. Now, you're going to have to find other guys for – you're going to have to find other guys, though, that are going to be able to make that uh, make a likewise impact. Um, and they're going to have to be on the defensive side because, again, I think the offense is going to be able to. I think the offense is going to be able to put up points. I really do. But it's those guys on the defensive side of the ball. You're going to have to be able to get those players because, again, when you get to a when you get to the level where you know you're in the Pac-12, and again, I know that it's not the SEC, but you've got defenses that are looking to air the ball out. You've got to be able to have something that can counteract that. And right now, Arizona doesn't. But what Jed Fish has always talked about, he's always taken pride in being the 33rd NFL team and that, you know what, I'm gonna, I have good connections out here and I'm going to be able to utilize these connections. And it's going to be time for him to be able to utilize those connections right there because it's not easy to get guys through the transfer portal, but he's going to have to do it. Um, and again, like we've talked about, these don't need to be all conference players. These just need to be capable starting um, these just need to be capable starting five type uh, or power five level players. And even if they're just average to below average, the eighth defense in the conference gives you a lot uh, better chances to win games than the 12th rated defense and the significantly uh, 12th rated defense. So um, that's where, again, that's where he's got to make his move. But people have asked me, you know, how would you grade Jed Fish out this year? And you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you how I grade it out, and what we're going to do going forward. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now talking about uh, Jed Fish and what he's done this year, I give Jed Fish a B plus and A minus. Now. I get that the defense has been absolutely terrible. And you know what? Maybe Johnny Nansen wasn't the right hire. I still think it's far too early to know that. But look, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But I look at from year one to year two, what did Jet Fish inherit? He inherited the worst team in Power 5 football. I don't even think that that's debatable. Not only did he inherit the worst team in Power 5 football, he also got a, guy, he also got a team where – 
players are um, weren't very good, and on top of that, just you know weren't really on the same page. Jed uh, Fish though comes in in year one. At least they battled because under someone you could tell by then the team had given up. You think of that seventy to seven game right there. But in this year, if I were to ask you, what would the score be with this Arizona team as opposed to Jed Fish's previous Arizona team? I think that Arizona would end up winning by about 14 to 21 points, maybe more. So there's significant improvement there. And again, um, you'd like to be able to address all issues at once, but he certainly he certainly addressed the issues in a big way in that first year. Now it's going to be getting that next uh, that next step. You know, you can't give him a, a solid A because the defense, if anything, has regressed. And again, Don Brown certainly looks like he was a loss. And at one, some point, I think you'd like to start just seeing some of these young guys thrown into the action, thrown into the fire. And again, we'll find out what uh, we'll find out exactly where uh, where they're at, though. But the main thing you want from a coach is improvement year by year. I think that this this team right now is three wins. I think this team's probably going to end up with four or five wins. And again, that's what we talked about before the season. Uh, get to that four win mark. Get to that point, and if you can get there, then you can start looking for that five, six, seven wins in year three. And I think that's very much on schedule. You look at Arizona's schedule next year, and they're going to win some games because, again, it is not, it's far from a brutal schedule. It's some games that they're definitely going to be able to win. Now, um, how many wins will they get? I don't know, but I expect them to be able to uh, really be able to focus and hone in on uh, the offense as being one of the better units in the conference. Because again, let's just assume that you lose Jacob Cowing. Okay. Possible. Certainly a possibility. You're still bringing back Jade and Laura. You're still bringing back T-Mac. You're still bringing back Dorian Singer. You're still bringing back Tanner McLaughlin. And you've got some running backs that are really good as well. Another year with some of these offensive linemen certainly doesn't hurt as well. There's going, but there's a lot of uh, different, um, a lot of different options though. But as we've talked about before, you've got to be able, you, you got to be able to just continue to improve because what happens with coaches in Jed Fish's situation sometimes is when progress stagnates, then the uh, team, the players around them start to stagnate as well the talent around them because you're just kind of in this malaise for lack of a better term. He's got to continue to push what he's been pushing. And if he can do that, then I think Arizona is going to be in pretty good shape. I'm very curious about, um, uh, I, I do believe that with Arizona right now, um, we're at, we're at a point with the cats where you'd kind of know that what is, 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 is this year's uh, one guy told me, he said, I don't know that there's going to be any quick fixes on the defensive side of the ball, but I also do think that um, I also do think though, that uh, um, this is a team that is certainly headed in the right direction. And again, I think Eric, the buy is coming at a good time right there. Obviously you got USC coming in for homecoming, try to make it out there. If you can, it's a nice, it's a four o'clock kick should be a good time. But as always, Really appreciate everybody tuning in to Locked On. Arizona football, Arizona basketball is here. We're going to talk some Arizona women's basketball uh, uh, next week as well. But again, 
It's always a good time to be a cat. Jed Fish has things going in the right direction. He's just got to continue to build up that talent on the defensive side and progress that young talent on there. Everybody out there, you have a great rest of your weekend. You have been listening to Locked on Wildcats.